When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we having fun yet? (laughs) (laughs) Right? From those commercials? Beer commercials. Right? Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and you're going to think about this podcast tonight when you jerk off. And I'm Obsidensky, and I've gotten too Jewy before. <laughs> Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Kirby Your Enthusiasm podcast and presently a Party Down podcast. We are here today to discuss season two, episode one, Jackal Onassis Backstage Party, which I think I incorrectly called Jackie Onassis Backstage Party uh, on previous podcasts. And episode two, Precious Lights Preschool Auction, episodes which originally aired on April 23rd and April 30th, 2010. I was looking at my calendar off. On April 30th, 2010, I had the dean's reception as it was the night I graduated from law school. Oh, wow. I wonder who catered that reception. Um, probably Valhalla, if I had to guess. It was probably Valhalla, yeah. <laughs> you but, know um, what you pay for. Yeah. So it is It is funny, though, that um, I was repeatedly calling this the Jackie Onassis uh, uh, backstage party, but in fact, it's Jack Onassis, which is kind of a funny name for a uh, for a, a Marilyn uh, Manson esque uh, performer. Actually, you know what? Marilyn Manson is like Marilyn Monroe, so I guess it's the same concept. Oh, good point. Or yeah, you know, or is it more of a uh, Charles Manson? I don't know. Oh, I did. I, there was a period of time where I would always get Charles Manson and uh, Marilyn Manson confused. Which is, you know, not very fair to Marilyn Manson. Yeah, I think he's killed zero people. So, you know, that we know. Yeah, although know. he was unfairly blamed for killing many people by, like, you know. Right, like, because uh, like, certain people know, at the time. Yeah, it makes yeah. people angry. You see his music. Uh, video, maybe then. Yeah, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Who the hell knows? All right. So, this podcast could be responsible for tons of murders. This podcast? Who knows? Mm. All right. Please don't go murder anybody right after listening. Has, anyone, has anyone studied it yet and ruled it out? Uh, how many people do you think you've met in your life who murdered somebody? And I don't mean like killed some. <laughs> and I mean like murder, like homicide. How are we defining met? Eh, I don't know. Like we shook hands, we were introduced, we were standing next to each other in the subway. Like what is what does it mean that I met him? Mm, he held you, the door open for me to movie theater. No, you, you you knew their name. That murdered someone? I would guess zero. Zero. Think so. I think nobody ever. I well, I, I feel like I would have heard about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if it's true. like not someone I knew well, like just through the grapevine, like I don't know. Our, now, what about old people? A lot of old people might have just gotten away with murders back in the day. Because <laughs> you know, like, like murder, you were allowed to murder back then. I, I look at the history of your of your grandparents. Apparently, you were. Well, those people, you know, were caught for the murder. Um, although many of them had already died. Um, but like you, you uh, there's, like there's a lot the, of them walking around getting away with it, including in this country. Well, they're like they're in hiding, like meaning yeah. like it's not like they're just like living. As, yeah, I guess like, right. If you were living in Argentina, the answer is probably higher because there was a lot of Nazis there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I probably. Uh, That's good to know. 
I mean, maybe, but like, I don't know. I feel like probably you would you would have it would have through the grapevine gotten now if we were to expand it to just been like, you know, you know, within five feet of. Oh, well, sorry. We have to retract. We have to retract. As I've told some many times in this podcast, my voice got. Oh, yeah, your voice got. Yeah. What the hell? You liar. But he's dead. But I think he's dead now. Okay, but you still met him. Yeah. So, yeah. So sorry. (laughs) Yeah. so yeah, so uh, but I think that that's probably the only one. I think I don't think I I know another murderer. Yeah, uh, but that's uh, my point. I forgot about him, but like obviously I heard that he murdered someone. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's not All that right. many murders. Now last week we went very Hitler heavy, and this week people are hoping for a lighter show, and so yeah. we lead off with uh, a lot of murder talk. I don't even know why. How yeah. did it start? Oh, because of Jackie Onassis and Marilyn Manson. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And zero murders. Yeah. Um, I saw online this week there was a uh, Snoop Dogg collab something with Curb. Um, I don't even know what those words mean. I guess he did something together with somebody else. Anytime Snoop Dogg does anything with Jews, I'm into it. All right. Feel, Is there, let me like see if there's. I just feel like he's very philosemitic. Oh, here we go. Crippia enthusiasm. Okay. Should we li- should we listen to it? It's a song. Oh yes, we. I had this as an out. This is this isn't new. This is old, isn't it? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I had this as an outro on a podcast before. This is dated October 16, 2022. Yes. A different rapper oh. once did. A, oh, October 16th. Uh, that's like recently. That's last week. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw it this week. It came. Uh, I have an have alert. No, wait. Here's Crypto Your Enthusiasm on YouTube from February 10th, 2022. Yeah. February 10th, 2022. And who sings it? Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg. Yeah. But then okay. there's a, but the official music video. The official music video dropped now. Oh, okay. So that's what happened. So the song dropped in February and the music video uh-huh. now. Okay. So we have the video now. Got yeah. it. So I knew something was new. I'm not like, yeah. I, I no, read no, the article. Right. No. Like, it's yeah. like, okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm not an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All right. So then we, we've played it before. I didn't realize it was the same song. No, this is the video. Okay. So we don't need to do that again then. Yeah. I mean, I'll still um, watch the video after we're done podcasting. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, check it out. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also like to point out that we uh, we offered we opened up the door last week, gave people the opportunity to financially support the podcast and uh, nobody took us up on our offer. <laughs> so uh, I guess, you know, much like a Valhalla catering versus uh, party down you with this podcast, too, you will get what you pay for. Oh, yes, you certainly uh, will. Yeah. So uh, you could expect the quality to be going wildly downhill after we were so uh, <laughs> deeply embarrassed and rejected uh, with, the, with the lack of financial support. So open up your wallets. Give us money. We like money. No, don't really give us money. It's all. It's all good. This is fine. Um, okay. Should we? Um, should we do the episodes that we're here to episode cover? Yeah, let's jump right into it. Okay, right into it. <laughs> you know, um, it's only, it's only like six minutes. No, yeah, yeah, not bad. It feels like longer. So, yeah, so we got Jackal Onassis backstage party. Um, and I think we're going to get we have like uh, we have a little cold open here um, with a uh, a friend from long ago. Uh, we got Mickey from Seinfeld here mm-hmm. playing a uh, a little person on the crew. And uh, Henry's in the process of trying to fire him. Yes. And he uh, and he complains, you know, you're just firing me because I'm short. And he says, no, I'm only firing you because you're a shitty worker. And he yeah. deserves to be fired. Mm-hmm. Danny Woodburn, by the way, is his name. 
that's that's the actor's name. Yeah. I think Tim is the the character's name, and Mickey is the original character's name. Yes. Let's go, Kate. And of course, we also have Megan Mullally here. Yeah, I completely forgot that she's on the show. Yeah, so so he, she's here as Lydia, the replacement for Bobby, the replacement for Candace. Right. And I yeah, think and she's I on just, the rest of the season, isn't she? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, I had just like memory holded as um, you know Bobby takes over, and that's it. Yeah, but it was, she I, she I, I, she's I, coming on for two episodes. Yeah, so so maybe it could be that like they originally envisioned her in like some other role. Didn't we? Didn't we? Someone suggest that like she was going to be brought in in some other capacity, and then they switched her over to take over for Who, Megan Mullally? No, Jen- um, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Um, so that I guess would be consistent with that. That like they kind of were like, okay, like we had kind of had like this like two episode arc for you or something, and we're going to use that instead. But like now we're just going to move on with somebody else. I don't know. I guess I got, although I guess if she was great, they would have just kept her. So, um, I guess they were looking for a different vibe. I, yeah, I prefer Megan Mullally over in general to Jennifer Coolidge, and I think these two particular characters, um, I prefer Lydia to Bobby for sure. Mm. See, I kind of actually feel the other way. Um, although I really like Megan Mullally, she was to me the biggest disappointment in this episode because she was playing such a lower volume than Jane Lynch or Jennifer Coolidge, which is surprising right. given Megan Mullally's reputation. <laughs> oh, and her and her right, her ability to perform at high volume. Yes. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess but like, it's just I guess one episode, I, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I well, we we did watch two, but oh yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just I I think the understatedness is better. Um, it's just like it's like I I like I had run my course with Bobby. Like I like I I didn't mind yeah. having her, for, but like I prefer something. Uh, you know, don't you want to know less, if the guy she was fucking was gay or not? Um, you know, she he probably wasn't. He was probably just not into her. Hmm. Yeah, how can it be not be into her? Uh that's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so we got the whole you know new crew back in the in the kitchen you know we are we've uh we've lost ron we've lost casey we've lost uh constance we've lost bobby but we've gained lydia mm-hmm. um so that doesn't really seem like the most fair trade like we traded yeah. like four people for one so like we're very understaffed here it seems yeah uh, although maybe, maybe they're just doing smaller parties now who knows yeah we uh well we do have uh as a as a client in this episode we have michael kostroff who played maury levy on the wire Yes, the Jew he's, lawyer. Yeah, he's that. on billionaire. He's on billions. He's on the plot against America. Yeah, he like, always plays a Jew. He always plays a Jew lawyer. He always plays a Jew lawyer. Yes, that is correct. As he does um, here. Yeah, I'm sure we could very much read his cre- credits uh, the way we have done for Hiram Katz. Yeah, yeah, for Hiram Katz. Um, he's probably not as much as Hiram Katz. Yeah, I mean, my, like, my I Hiram could see Katz him even had like, even had like um, Rabbi in there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Maury Levy's not going to have the rabbi ones as much. Yeah. All right. Are, are All you right, looking at him or should you want me to read it? Uh, oh, if you have it, you can go. I was in the middle. Go find oh. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here are his character names. Okay. We're going to start at the bottom. We're going to start all the way in 1963. What the hell? How was he on a show? Wow, in yeah, that's all that I thought. Yeah. Oh, anyway, obviously, I'm sure there's also going to be a lots of uh, doctors. Wait, hold on a second. How was he on a show when he was, two, he was at General Hospital when he was two years old? So he's not, as a baby, I guess. I, I, he yeah. Played, okay. Played, and then his next thing is, and then his, and his is when he's nineteen eighty. Okay, but then he's nineteen. He played in. He played the Brooklyn AD, an assistant. He played an AD at the age of nineteen. Yeah, it's a little young. 
Yeah. All right. We got orderly number one. We got conference room attorney. <laughs> we got uh, a lot of first. We got a couple of waiters. That's not terrible. Uh, floral designer. We just got a bunch of first names. So oh, I don't know who they are. All right. Yeah. Kublai okay. Khan. What? Yeah. Uh, a couple of Allens. Okay. Dr. David Cannon. Uh, reporter. Right. He's actually Dr. not. Anderson. He's not as typecast yeah. as I would have thought. Yeah, he's all over the place. All right. Maury Levy. That's his first big one, obviously. Jew allure. Interesting. 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 <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> he, uh, he plays a lot of Jewish in names. a La La Land music video. What the yeah, fuck is uh, that? Even yeah, mean? in Demi Lovato's music video. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Um, you, you notice he plays a lot of people with Jewish names, right? Jeff Gold, Mr. Schuldener. Right. Yeah. Mr. Schuldener. Yeah. Stroller sells with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that's a Jew if I've ever seen one. Who else sells a stroller? Yeah. Dr. Hersham, Jacob Myers. Officer Tannenbaum. Officer Tannenbaum. Yeah, G. Oh, okay. Barreled Weinbergerstein. <laughs> I mean, that's not what is the, what is that even? That's clearly like some that's parody show, right? Deadbeat like, no... TV series. He played Barreled. Yeah. He, he was in three episodes, one of which was called The Blowfish Job. So yeah, I don't know what's going on with that show. Um, Steve Goldfarb, he played Dr. Noah Burstein. Peter Madoff. Oh, he played, is that who's that? And that's the Wizard of Lies. That's in the middle. Oh, that's anti-Semitism. Oh, they're just saying now all people who steal are Jews can only be played by Jews. Chepsy Tershwell. That's his character's David plot against America. I forgot that. Defense yeah. attorney. Yeah, but really a little more broad than I would have expected. Oh, he plays, a, he plays a rabbi and standing up falling down, of course. He plays Rizzi on the deuce. Mm. That doesn't sound Jewish. That Ellie sounds, Weiss uh, in The Baker it. and the Beauty. Evan Braun. Is that like an Eva Braun reference on Law and Order SVU? Oh, he's been on a lot of it. He's been on eight episodes over a decade. Yeah. Interesting. Mick Nusfar is his billions character. I did not remember that. Oh, and he's in a looks like a documentary about pinball. Mm. Chairman. Warren. Oh, no, no, maybe not a documentary, a comedy. Yeah, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a comedy. I mean, a documentary. all right. All right, all right, let's so do this. This is enough IMP bags for uh, Michael Castro. Yeah, that wasn't even that interesting. Um, Speaking of Jews, uh, have you ever given Golda Meir a baked ham? Uh, I have not. I've not had the opportunity to meet her, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. Um, yeah. My she mom was in an elevator with her once. Oh. They don't like the... Uh, what about a four-sided sandwich? I don't get it. That's what he's complaining about. That the satanists, the satanists don't like the, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the four-sided sandwich. Like they want a five-sided sandwich. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah, they want a five sandwich, five-sided sandwich. So uh, Henry promises to comply, mm. and he's you know he's really trying to get the team to take the job more seriously. And uh, we find out that he fired Tim, and uh, Roman thinks it's like cute that Henry is like trying to be the the team leader. And Henry's like, please, just for tonight, if you can please just try, give like one millionth of a percent of a shit. That'd be really be great. Um, and then here's where Casey reacted. So it's like, it's it's weird because it's like from the perspective of the audience, Casey's been gone for 19 seconds, but like in the story, like we're supposed to feel like Casey's been gone for a long time. So it's like kind of incongruous what they're doing here. Yeah. It's like also, we don't miss Casey. She I was in the you, last scene of the last yeah. episode we just saw. I asked you at the at the end of last week's episode. I said, "Do you think that he has a future with Uda?" And you said, "No chance." But apparently, they've been dating for nine months, so he might yeah, just be a very was, monogamous was, fellow. He just goes from you know long distance relationship to long distance relationship. Yeah, well, Uda seems like very scary to break up with, so that seems to be what's going on here. Oh, I see. She's a bad breaker up. Yeah, you want to break up with Uda? Does that sound like that'll be a fun experience? So you just whatever you deal with it. Yeah, probably. You're right. I don't think she's enjoyable to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. 
<laughs> and she has a kid, but he's he's very quiet. <laughs> he's not a factor, right? So yeah. said he's not a factor. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, let's um, talk about Lydia and her and her her husband, her ex husband Ed. Yeah. Does not does not sound like the greatest guy. <laughs> well, you know, there's two sides to every story. Mm, that's true. Um. Yeah, he told he told her that women shouldn't do comedy because they are not naturally funny. Yes, he refers to the profession of psychology as uh, I think. Um, um, <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out a way to get him to say it, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to figure out a way to finagle him. Oh no, no, I was on total yeah. lockdown for that one. <laughs> I have in my notes. Do not say. <laughs> do not. I do not have that in my notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so um, we find out that uh, Casey has a daughter, es- Escapade, I believe is her name, or Escapade. I'm not yeah, exactly sure great how name. she it. Great name for a boy uh, or a girl. For a boy or a girl. Or the era, anybody. <laughs> um, and, you know, she's a singer, she's a dancer, she's an actor. And, um, you know, Lydia wants to know, like, how is it for you, like, working for Henry? Like, that must be complicated. Like, I've been myself in the same situation because I had to continue working as the receptionist in Ed's extermination company uh, after we were divorced. So that was very awkward. So I'm sure this is a, this seems like a similar situation. Um, okay, so we have um, Henry and Roman, and they're talking with the Jackal. Is it Jackal? The Jackal? I don't really know how uh, official this uh, designation is. And, you know, he's, like, jealous of them. And what's we propose a, uh, I guess, a Prince and the Pauper situation here. Yes, trading with, places. Uh, Roman, and, Roman and Jackal trading places. Now, this is very and, exciting uh, because one... I... So Jackal, who's played by Jimmy Simpson, who is most known for playing Leah McPoyle on Sonny... I hate the McPoyles yeah. on Sunny. Every time they're on screen, I yeah. feel like scratching. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I hate those episodes. Yeah, they, they just creep me out. Like, yeah. But but here, and I've seen him on a few other things also, he's in, he's incredible. So he's a very good actor. Yeah, he's, he's a very funny guy, I think. He's very good. Um, What was just like kind of did this whole thing, I mean, I guess they were just meant to believe this, but like literally nobody, including like the producer guy, like knows what he looks like in real life. Yeah, that is very hard to believe, right? Like, it, it. I understand the random fans who have never been within, like, although even they probably have his posters on their walls. It's a little strange. They've seen interviews of him, music videos. It's a little weird. Right. Like, they should be like, oh, that's him. He's just not wearing makeup. Like, or if people I don't look at with Roman, like, right, knowing it's different. not right, that Roman is not him. But yeah. I think even more so, like, like the Maury Levy guy, like, has for sure, like, yeah. interacted with him, like, backstage or something, but he's Especially not. Especially because his... he seems to be a guy who's very much not in character oftentimes. Unless right. this is the first yeah. time he's ever done this. Yeah, I don't know. I guess um, the whole yeah the whole thing is very confusing to me. Um. So yeah. So, um. So we go back to the party and enter Ron, who is here with his uh, girlfriend Mandy. I believe she was one of the two young ladies in Superbad. Um. And she is a huge Jackal fan and wants uh. Ron to get Henry to like somehow get them in backstage, somehow get them access. And he's like, okay, well, I'll let you in. And he bumps into Jackal and not knowing that that he's him. He's uh, out of makeup. He's just working at the bar. And um, they're talking uh, and 
talking about personal life and, you know, how fucking models and penthouses gets old when you do it hundreds of times. Completely yeah. agree. <laughs> uh, been there, done that. So and many Henry's times. Like, just so boring. Yeah, so many times. Um, and then we get Ron and Mandy, and they're, you know, obsessed with Jackal. She wants to get his autograph. Uh, but he's like, you know, and not realizing that Jackal's right in front of her, like, he's, like, extremely rude to her, tells her him that, you know, you're just, like, you know, a nobody bartender making shitty drinks. Like, get out of my face. Uh, meanwhile, Roman is disguised as Jackal, and he's, like, because he's Roman and has, like, no ability to even just, like, do anything. Yeah. He's, like, repelling women left and right. even And as a superstar. Right. Even, even as a right, the celebrity. Yeah. They're already in love Not just them. a celebrity. Like, the right, the specific celebrity that, that like, they came here for. There for. Yes. Right. <laughs> and yet still losing them out to, to, to Ryan. Forget about losing them to Ryan. Like, he can't even, yeah. like, get one to talk to him for more than a minute before. It, he, it, like, it, it, it's very funny, but very sad. As for the hills, yeah. Uh, he just comes out so strong. He's like, oh, you want to go to my dressing room and, and take care of that or something? Like, oh, man. A little finesse, Roman. Just a little. Um, so Henry, we finally get Henry and Casey alone together, and they, you know, they catch up. And uh, Casey lets Henry know that she is dating someone, uh, but they break things up before uh, Henry has the opportunity to tell her anything. And, um, you know, Ron comes in with Mandy, and he's like, oh, showing her off. Oh, he's like, my old gig. This is what I call the prep zone. <laughs> I can't coin that myself. I do think it's funny how Ron went from, like, the flat top, which was like the 80s, 80s-ist hairstyle. And now he has like this very different, extremely 80s hairstyle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he looks horrible. Yeah. He looks better um, than before. I mean, douchey. Yeah, but, so but I guess. Sort of yeah, lame. definitely. Definitely, definitely douchey. Right. I guess sure. less dweeby. Yeah. Um, and we find out that uh, the super soup and crackers has been a bust. Corporate went out of business. And uh we also find out that Ron actually met Mandy because he hired her to work at the Soup and Crackers and ended up dating her uh, as her boss, which is great. Um, and, uh, you know, Ron, who, you know, warned Casey and Henry about the workplace romance. Um, and uh, now they're both uh, they're both out of Soup and Crackers. She's working at, like, I don't even remember, Taco Bell or something like that and hates it. And uh, Ron, I guess. Well, so what's Ron doing? Ron, I guess, is doing nothing. He just... Uh, He's living off that out of work. super cracker savings. Yeah, he's desperate for cash. Yeah, who knows? I guess he must have very put sad. something away. Yeah, I mean, this car, you know, but I, well, there's some very slight irony, I think, in the fact that Mandy is played by Aviva Bauman, who's most famous from Superbad, because Casey. Yeah, will I said com- that before. Yeah, but but because Casey will complain about her inability to get a role on a Judd Apatow movie. Ah, right, right. That's true. Yeah. That's the next episode. Next episode, yeah. But, yeah. you know, when they wrote them, they knew that we'd be podcasting about them in the same episode of the podcast. I suppose. They for sure did. Yeah. Uh, oh, we should have gotten Judd Apatow on. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. If I had realized that he was relevant to both episodes, I would have asked him. Yeah. He would say yes. He used to ask uh, random people when he was like a 14-year-old kid in Long Island. I feel like. I mean, I'm not thinking he'd say yes to us, but I'm saying uh, he's more likely to say yes to things like this than than many others. He would say yes to a theoretical version of us who is probably yes. not actually us. Yeah. If we were 14, we'd have a better chance. Um, yeah. Also, he's probably asked endlessly. Yeah. So uh, Roman goes read, to Jackal. Have you read he's his like, books of interviews? Yeah. He has two of them now. Uh, I don't think so. No. Oh. I didn't know he had any. Are, yeah. are they good? So, so, so it's when he was when he was like a nerdy Jewish Long Island uh, like eighth grader. He was running his little radio uh-huh. show at his like middle school, 
and it was about comedy. And so he would go interview comedians. He'd call them up and he'd say, hey, I'm so-and-so from this. I'm Judd Apatow from the Judd Apatow show. And they didn't know what the hell it was. He didn't tell them that it was like a new creator. <laughs> so all these celebrities agreed to interview him, Mo- um, comedians and stuff, most of them over like the, the phone, over the radio. But then a few in person, like he would go to the city with a recorder. That's when he met Jerry Santos and all these people when he was like 13 years old. Um, wow. And that's, yeah, anyway. So so that forms sort of the, the, the backbone or the basis of the book. And then he continues it with interviews of comedians and celebrities all the way up to the present day, like his friends and stuff now. So a little easier, I think, to... Uh, to get to get those interviews now for him um sounds like it was pretty easy back then he just called them shockingly yes now you have to probably go now you probably have to go through a million people in red tape it's probably harder yeah well and but yeah now and with like cancel and with cancel culture now you just have to be nobody wants to talk anymore you have to be an extremely famous um you know movie uh director and producer yeah yeah um so we do not have john apatow unfortunately we did not, um, but only because we didn't ask. But mm-hmm. maybe what? Maybe if we do party down a second time when we get back to this episode, we'll remember to ask him. This ah, time. Okay, fine, fine. After yeah. this, we'll do curb again, and then we do rehearsal again, and then party down again. Okay, sure. In okay, done. Um. So yeah, so Roman is complaining to Jackal that like you know this is not working. You know nobody's sleeping with me, and he, Jackal explains that you have to not want it. If they want it, if you want it, then they're not into it. That's part of his whole appeal is the like uh, you know whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that's the the quality that he's uh, working on. I feel like that you don't have to be like a hundred percent in character for like the ladies that are there to still be interested in you know being. With Although the, I mean I don't know the head of the band. Look at poor Roman here. Well, I think I think it's just like it's a it's a statement to Roman, like more than anything. Like sure, I think yes. like I think like a negative four war like of like this of game is like cleaning up, but like Roman is like a negative ten war. He's a once in a lifetime bat, yeah, probably. He's a once in a lifetime right, he's a once in a generation horrible player. It's like amazing that he has accumulated five hundred at bats per season for this long, uh given how horrible he is. Yeah, I'm not he, sure like he, how, how far we're going with this. What what are the at bats in this situation? Yeah. Anyway, the point is good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, meaning like he shouldn't be uh he shouldn't be a regular on the yeah, screen anymore. Probably given yeah. his uh, yeah, given his uh if the goal of the screen is to, to have uh, hook up with people, then yes. <laughs> high high and high quality uh high caliber individuals. Yes. Um so yeah, so Ron, uh, so Ron goes over to Roman and asks him for for the autograph, and he tells him to fuck off. Which mm. was that that was like my biggest laugh of the episode. Yeah, because <laughs> like Ron thinks that Jackal just told him to fuck off. It's so good. Um, so yeah, Casey uh, meets the Jackal. Uh, he introduces himself as Dennis. Do you think that's Do you think that's his actual real name? Or that's oh, you the, think that's he gave a character fate? that he's. I mean, what reason does he have to lie there? He's trying to live. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Fine. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> um, and he assumes that she's Henry's girlfriend. Um, I guess he just he's picking up on the vibe of, of some sort. And um, we, what we find out, though, really, is that he's been dating Uda. Um, and he thinks that she thinks that he thinks that she is Uda, because uh, I guess the way they're interacting can only be explained in his opinion mind that they're together, uh, which uh you know, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, K- Casey's like very uh, shaken by this. And uh, she gets whisked away by uh, by Lydia, who claims that Casey gave her some sort of sign, which she insists she did not give. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, so we uh, we see that now, right? As you said before, like uh, even you know Kyle's cleaning up just as usual, even with Roman as the guy. You know, he's like specifically losing all the girls to Kyle. Uh, he tries to get security to throw Kyle out for like he's like he's talking to the guests or something is like his claim. Yeah. And it, it, it's a very funny scene as he tries to explain why and falls on his face trying to explain it. But that's not how it works. Like if the superstar of the venue says, I want somebody out, right. they're going out. You don't have to hear a reason. Right. Yeah, they're right. They don't even ask questions. And like you could just make up any bullshit. Like, yeah. oh, he was like, you know, he was being aggressive. But it's too bad if you already say spite. <laughs> right. Right. If you said it's just because he's he's doing nothing, yeah. um, then, they, then they have no choice. Their hands are tied. Um, he does have better luck, however, with Mandy, who rips his shirt open, rips her shirt open, and uh, we find out that she uh, she gets not one, not two, but three autographs. One on each boob, and then a third on the vajayjay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, have you ever gotten an autograph on your crotch? Or on your boobs? <laughs> um, Given or received? No, no I've, not, yeah. I've not gotten any, uh, yeah. any such autographs. <laughs> Um, and, uh, it's at this point that Ron lets her know that that was not the Jackal. It was that creepy guy, Roman. And he commands, Mandy commands Ron to kill Roman, but, uh, Ron gets tased before he has any chance to do so. Um, you know, this guy, he just comes back for 20 minutes to be at party down and he's getting tased. Like he's just, uh, he doesn't know how to stay away. He can't avoid the spotlight. And um, Maury Levy wants to know who let uh, these two. He wants to know who let Mandy and Ron to the party. All this commotion. Uh-oh. And, uh oh. And the jackal takes the fall and gives Henry the opportunity to be the big shot that fires him in front of everybody. What a hero! Um, yeah. Once again, like Maury Levy's like standing like two feet from the guy who he's who he works with, and he doesn't realize that. Oh, you're you're, you're jackal. You're not a person. Yeah, I've I didn't think about this. You're right. There's no life. way Maury Levy hasn't had meetings with the guy out of makeup. <laughs> right. It makes no sense. Or even if he or he has, he's been face to face with him many for like, times. Yes. Many times at first. Like he knows what he looks like. Yes. All right. It's a slight flaw. <laughs> slight. Uh, um yeah, Jackal uh, thanks Henry for the opportunity to have finally have a real experience and get fired. And uh right on cue, he heads off with a bunch of models. It rides off into the sunset. So he's uh He's back on track now. Mm-hmm. He got his little. He's got a little glimpse of uh, everyday life. Oh, that's how it works with the Prince of the Popper. The Prince goes back to be the Prince. I presume he does. He does. Yeah, it's good. It's good, it's good to be the Prince. It is good to be the Prince. It's definitely better to be the Prince than to be the Popper. Yes, if I given the choice. Um, in our post credits, we uh, we have Casey and Henry looking forward to a good working relationship, and uh, Ron. Tells Henry how much he loves Mandy, and he asks Henry if they he can speak to Alan Duck and help Ron get his job back. So, Ron, uh, well, you know we're not going to miss Ron at all. He's back for the first episode. He'll continue to be here, and uh, Ron promises to do so and gives him the Jackal's autograph, which uh, he passed along to Mandy, and uh, everyone ends on happy notes. So we got the gang back together. Uh, we're back to full squad. Just uh, we've as swapped out. We're now. gonna be Con- Constance for Lydia. Yeah, and I, I think this is our this is our crew. So the very end is uh, my recollection. But I had no idea about any of the other changes. So uh, let's not bank on my memory at this point. <laughs> we'll find out in the coming weeks. Yep. 
All right. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. Well, well um, how do you rate this episode? Um, I think this episode is uh, a little bit subpar. Um, I, I, I didn't really. I mean, I, I do think the guy who plays Jacko is really good. Um, he, um, you know, I think really adds a lot to the episode. But like the whole the whole storyline, I didn't really love. Um, Roman had a couple of the nice scenes, but you know, this this very much feels like a you know season premiere, getting the gang back together episode. And I think because of that, it's just like missing um some of the real story detail and you know real punchlines so i'll say this episode's pretty pretty good um two up two pretties interesting i'm gonna zag here i love this episode i will say it's pretty 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 good four and a half i love everything that jackal slash dennis is doing um it's exciting to get ron and casey back when we thought we had lost them uh you know we talked about the roman failing to get laid even as a superstar is hilarious the only negative I said is this before is is Megan Mullally. I just I just don't love her in episode one, but I, I'm confident that we're gonna get uh she's gonna get crazier because uh you know I know Megan Mullally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh come on, be a come with guy. All right. Uh who is your come with guy of? Gotta be a jackal. Um he definitely dominates episode. This is his episode. Um yeah. well, I, 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 I don't my, even, mine I, is a little bit different. Mine mine is Dennis. But yes. Okay, fair. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. As the jackal kind of a douche. Oh what, I'm the asshole here? I am. I'm, I'm the asshole. I'm the asshole. Oh, I get it. I'm the asshole here, huh? Put your clothes on, Gordon. No one wants to see your penis. No one. Well, why? Maybe I'll win an award for best cock. And uh, who's your fucking asshole? I think we just got to go Ron here. I mean, the guy, as I said, like he just, you know, he's he's been gone for months. He shows up on day one and gets tased. Like there's just something about him and Party Down that just Never. makes him such a neb. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, kind of on the other end of the spectrum, he's, uh, you know, having this weird relationship with his much younger former employee. Uh, don't like it. Um, kind of fucking asshole vibes to me. Um, so yeah, he kind of uh, he really rounds out the fucking asshole this very nicely, I think. All right, um, you know, you you did make the point earlier. That there's two sides to every story, but I only heard one side. So to me, the fucking asshole is Ed, Lydia's ex-husband. <laughs> he's anti-Semitic. He's homophobic. He's misogynistic. He uh, he's a bad guy. He seems like it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go straight from a backstage party of a Marilyn Manson type singer to a seemingly more wholesome environment, although I think it will prove to be much, much less, a preschool auction. Are we having fun yet? Yeah. Uh, we're at the preschool auction. We uh, we start off uh, kind of behind the scenes with Kyle and Roman. Uh, they're talking about this sci-fi book series, Snow Crash. Now, how is it that Kyle knows anything about this? Uh, it's I remember that, that being he... very big in like 2009, or 2005, yeah. excuse me, when I was like a senior in college. I don't. I never heard of this before. Oh. Interesting. Um, so yeah. So what? What turns out is that Kyle is going to be auditioning for the character of Vitality Chernobyl, who is a character in uh, Snow Crash, and uh, he wants Roman to give him some insight into the character since he assumes that uh, Roman knows a lot about nerdy sci-fi. Yeah, and and what about their relationship makes him think that Roman is going to uh, happily uh, to help him? This. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and of course, Roman immediately tells him that, like, you're completely wrong for the part. You'll be terrible at it. They don't know what they're doing. 
Um, Ron shows up. He's 20 minutes late. He's got this flashy yellow sports car. So uh, I'm guessing he probably doesn't have much left from the Super Crackers at this point. Yeah. Well, this is the same car as last episode. Oh, did we see it last episode? Yeah. All right. I don't even yeah. remember. Okay. Um, and uh, Lydia Lydia assumes that she's that Mandy is Ron's daughter. So that'll give you a good idea. And they start making out. And Casey's like, yeah, they're very close. <laughs> Um, so the party starts, and uh, Henry's leading things, and Ron, uh, as usual, wants is encouraging everyone to put out the tip jar. He always wants them to bet on themselves, even though it never works out. Um, and he's, of course, you know, kind of like uh, leading from behind, as they say, right? Like he's not the leader, but he still feels like he should be the leader, uh, which is always a tough spot. Uh, so Ron asks him if they could go speak outside. And, you know, really, you know, Henry, you know, Henry, like, really doesn't like this uh, usurpation of his authority. And he uh, chews Ron, he chews Ron out. He criticizes his pit stains and his tardiness and tells him to cut out this behavior. So Henry's really become the tough guy boss. Yeah. Well, I like, uh, you know, as they say, it's good to put all your eggs in one place. That way you can always keep yes. them. Yes. Uh, Roman, of course, is uh, he has his eyes on a uh, X-Men comic that is uh, up for auction, uh, which we'll uh, check off the X-Men, X-Men comic. We'll come back later. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey asks uh, Henry for some advice, tells him about the fact that she just auditioned for the Apatow movie and she thinks it really went really well. But it's like also there's like a lot of pressure to land this gig because like that'll you know, if I do. If I do get it, like maybe then it'll validate every, you know, terrible decision I've had to make along the way. And like through this, like horrible, you know, being a, an actor trying to make it in Hollywood, um, which is neat. is a lot of pressure to put on uh, getting one audition. Yes. Not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her phone rings and uh, Henry asks her to put it on silence, which she says she is unable to do because these are her thick pants and she wouldn't be able to feel the vibration. Yeah. I but the pocket is Within the thick, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. It's on the outside who, who, of the pocket. Who uses ringtones anymore? Out loud ringtones. At work. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah. Right. At a party. Like you're. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's easier to feel the vibration than to hear it over a, a noisy crowd. Yeah. Well, the old lady, uh, Mrs. Doyle, is just as unhappy by this behavior. She, yes. uh, she also chews Casey out for talking on the phone while she's serving the wine. She wants to know, is that a Chardonnay or a Riesling? And Casey's like, it's white wine. And uh, it's at this point that she comments to uh, Miss uh, Emily, 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 Annie, Annie. Ha <laughs> that's why. Uh, those are my daughter's names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Annie. Her name is Annie, uh, who's played by Andrea Savage. Um and she wants, he tells her, you know, you really should have used Valhalla. You see, I told you, you get what you pay for with Party Down. Yeah. But uh, I always love and, Andrew Savage, uh, and I'm glad that she's, uh, yeah, that she she's great. Down. And she was, she yeah. was in Curb as well. So nice to see her uh, make the trip along with us over to Party Down. And she's, you know, the, not very the, the funny thing, the funny thing about the fact that Casey has her phone on is that like this is a party full of like big wig assholes who like don't care about other people, like as we'll quickly see when we see Leonard coming back. And so I just I find it hard to believe she'd be the only one with her phone on. I feel like there's a crowd of a lot of people who are like, fuck you. I'm keeping my phone. On. I don't care what the rules are. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, and she's like talking about Mrs. Doe. She's like, she's uh, she's a little. Uh, what's the word? Cunty. Yes. <laughs> uh, but she explains that, like, she really needs to uh, get on Mrs. Doyle's good side because she's trying to get a letter of recommendation so she can get 
her kids into this like awesome prep school and preschool. You know, the, really the, the yes. preschool. Oh, preschool. Well, well it's a prep prep. Preschool. Yes. It's crazy though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she said the only, there's only three ways to get in. You have to be famous. You have to be extremely wealthy or you have to volunteer to do something like run the silent auction. And she's been basically told that if she doesn't hit a certain fundraising target, uh, she's shit out of luck. Yeah. But, but, so. but the main thing is that she's essentially Casey, you know, in a previous generation. Right. Um, so yeah, so Roman asks Kyle if he can have $80 because he wants to buy the X-Men comic because he thinks it's worth a lot more and it's a good deal. And when, you know, when Kyle starts pushing back, uh, Roman starts, you know, insulting him, you know, even more tells him, you know, you're not an actor, you're just a haircut and whatever drama teacher you had in high school that filled your head with these big dreams, they probably just were, you know, looking for some action or something. So you should get over yourself. You know, you're never going to make it. And Kyle starts crying and sobbing and, you know, lamenting all these, all, all you know, the, the, the bad feelings that Roman has caused. And Roman is, you know, he's shaking. He apologizes. He can't believe it. And Kyle then immediately reverts to normal and tells him that yeah, you just fell for the master class, bitch. And, you know, you, you know, gives him the finger, walks off without giving him a sense. So uh, Kyle definitely gets the last laugh there. One of the rare instances. I mean, he always gets a laugh like in the bigger sense, but like he really uh, gets the better of Roman in this exchange in a way that we haven't seen much of. Doesn't doesn't he always get the better? Roman's always the one who's. The well, loser. he gets the better because like he like because he like gets like the girls, but like he doesn't really usually like in, in like the one on one battle Not with, with wordplay, I guess. Yeah, wordplay and like pranks and shtick. Like Roman, yeah. I think is usually a step ahead of him. Okay. So. um Mrs. Doyle, very unhappy with Henry. She thinks that his crew is very unprofessional. And, and as, a, I guess, Exhibit A, which, you know, for better or for worse, uh, mostly for worse, we have Ron, who uh, seems to be extremely high on Vicodin. And um, he also uh, has, you know, disgusting pit stains, as we, we noted before. And Henry's got to clean up the mess, and uh, he's not happy about it. It's... um. At this very moment where this episode, you know, really kicks it up a gear. I had completely forgotten <laughs> that we were going to get the return of J.K. Simmons. Amazing. And when, yeah. he, when he walks back on, you're just like, oh, the, like he's part of this world. I mean, that's perfect. I'm great. Yeah. Fits right in. I, I, I would 100%. love to know when they like wrote him into the episode, like how that worked, because it's like such a perfect fit for him to be part of this crew. And DeAndra. Don't forget DeAndra. Yes. Yes. Right. Um, Let her trust and, those nips of hers more than any focus group. Yes, uh, that's why they he she casts uh, he casts uh, Channing Tatum over Henry in the uh, in the uh, Edgar Allan Poe movie. Yeah, which Roman says sucked, by the way. Yeah, but probably uh, the right move to take Ch- Channing Tatum. Yeah, I would think so. Um, and we find out that their family has sponsored lunch with Tom Hanks as their contribution to the silent auction, which. Uh, Stiltskin is uh, not happy with because he says, I actually don't have anything to do with Tom Hanks. I just made up some nonsense to get into your pants way back when. And I have no ability to make that happen. He's no of. He's no of. Yeah. Or maybe he just tried emailing Tom Hanks. Maybe he'll say yes. Yeah. That guy did a whole podcast. He eventually got to uh, do a, an interview with Tom with Tom Hanks. True. You, you, did you listen to that podcast? No, but I heard about it. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, I would say season one is very good. It gets kind of... I would say you season one is very good, and then the Tom Hanks interview is very good. And everything in the middle is, like, fine. Um, 
Spoiler alert for that podcast. <laughs> it adds it's with okay. him interviewing Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's okay. Um, I do that before I listen to it. Also, that's it's, it's not, frankly it's not interesting to listen to unless you know that at this point. Um, so yeah, so. Lydia is like telling, I don't even know what this was, where she's telling them this story about Uncle Fuzzy and getting tickled. And but then she sent the, she wanted to send a card to Uncle Fuzzy, but her mom just put it in the glove compartment. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? What is this story? Uh, Lydia's got some dark backstories. <laughs> um, so Lydia reveals that she thinks she's going to sell her car to try to bid on the Tom Hanks lunch so that way her daughter Escapade can have the opportunity to meet Tom Hanks and maybe that could launch her career. Um, this seems like a very poor gambit to... Yes, uh, to use all your money. It seems like a very bad idea. E- even if even if there was an actual meeting with Tom Cruise. With Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, exactly. And I would say, like, of people to meet, like, Tom Hanks is, like, a nice guy who might actually be inclined to help you if he could. But, you know... But, like, well, like he's like, what's he going to do? Yeah, put your daughter like the, the next World War II thing that he like co-produces. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he seems nice enough, but like yeah. Agreed. Um. And Roman says, "Well, you know, your car happens to be extremely shitty, so I'm thinking more R. Kelly lunch uh, than Tom Hanks for the for that value." Mm-hmm. And Henry rushes in to save the day and tells her that don't bother. Stiltskin cannot can't like he can't make the lunch happen. And he's gonna outbid everyone, but like Lydia's like even more determined. But like you idiot, he he just told you that it's like not a real lunch. Like forget like the stilt skin. Like uh, he's gonna outbid you. Fine. So mortgage all your assets in the world to outbid stilt skin because you know now you're you're determined. But it's not a Henry, real lunch. Henry's a naysayer, and that's what naysayers do. They say nay. <laughs> Fine. Like even if you win the bidding, you're not getting lunch with Tom Hanks. It doesn't exist. Yes. Um. So. Henry's still like kind of uh, sniping with Casey a little bit, telling her to stay off the phone. And she's like, I don't understand. Like back when, like you always were the one who say that, like, we don't get paid enough and we shouldn't give a shit about any of this. And now you're giving me a hard time. And he's like, well, now I'm team leader and I get health insurance and I could live in a one bedroom apartment and I have a nice view of a Taco Bell. So maybe I do give a shit now. And... Casey walks off. She's going to speak with her agents uh, when she bumps into um, Andrea Savage, uh, LaGrosse, LaGrosse, Andy LaGrosse. And she's smoking a cigarette and they kind of like trading war stories about being an actress and how hard it is. And, you know, now she feels like she has to make the target and it's the same stress all over again. And um, they talk about how it's like, you know, you go on these interviews and it's like people who want to kill each other just to get like two lines on Becker. Uh, which is nice. We get the Becker shout out here. Um, and we also find out that Casey was once told she was too Jewy, and that was when she was auditioning for Diary of Anne Frank. Yes. Uh, but you're also too Jewy to play Anne Frank, I think. Uh, definitely. That was, that's what I was told. That was the note I got. <laughs> too Jewy. We're looking for someone less Jewy to play Anne Frank. Um, we want to de-Judaize that character a little bit. Um. And uh, suddenly Casey has an idea. So we cut to Stiltskin with his wife, and he finds out that someone has outbid him on the Tom Tom Hanks lunch by an additional $20,000. It's gone from 20 to 40. And he freaks out. He's, you know, tells uh, tells his wife that this is his, this is her fault and she's going to fire 
her tennis coach now, uh, which is really a Pilates instructor. And um, he runs back and he just, you know, at the, right at the buzzer, he outbids Annie. And Mrs. Doyle announces that as a result, they've reached their fundraising target. And, you know, we're all, we shall be very grateful to, you know, Miss LaGrosier for her tremendous efforts. And uh, seems like everything's going to work out nicely. Um, so yeah, so we, we cut back over to Lydia and Ron. They're hanging out in the back. And Ron is really not happy with Henry. They're both complaining about him that like he's basically being put in the position where he has to give Ron, he has to give Henry a taste of his own medicine. And like he has to act the way that Henry acted when, you know, he was the team leader. And that's why, you know, he was getting high before. And, um, you know, now he's, you know, walking around being all mopey and sulky. And, you know, I, it's not like I, what? Mopey Dick. Mopey Dick, right, yeah. exactly. Um, and, you know, I guess at this point I should probably just, you know, sneak off and have sex with Casey because that's what he was doing on the job when I was in charge all the time. Yeah, and why, why does Casey like, have to suffer here? Yeah, and Lydia's like, well, maybe any coworker would do. And uh, and they head off, uh, seemingly to do the deed. Yeah, so do you think Lydia has a, a liking for Ron? Um, well, she certainly wants to help him and uh, screw over Henry in the process. I don't yeah. know that she wants to screw Ron, uh, literally. Um, she doesn't yet know how much of a disaster he is, though. Yeah, so Henry comes over to Casey and says he has a list of reasons that she shouldn't quit, uh, although really there's only two reasons on the list. And at this moment, she reveals that she got the role in the Apatow movie, and they're both really excited. He seems generally uh, excited and happy for her and offers to buy her a drink. Uh, when they hear what sounds like loud sex noises coming from the prep tent, um, although Casey thinks it sounds more like somebody slaughter, slaughtering a water buffalo, and they agree Ron sounds like quite a world-class lover. Yeah. You can't handle the truth, the truth being the name of his penis. Yeah, right on cue, Mrs. Doyle arrives with a group of small children mm-hmm, uh, all dressed in buddy costumes, and they all hear the loud sex being had, and uh she tells him you know you guys got to get off my property i'll be speaking to your supervisor about this um and then um mandy uh mandy comes over and walk you know sees what's going on or hears what's going on yeah, and now, why, why is she on. hanging out at this party i mean i guess the point is she dropped him off and then was picking him up in his car yeah maybe yeah because but why was she coming at this point did, did she know that it was a little strange but yes of course she's coming just in time to uh I think she heard something that she infected yeah. out here. Right. Turns out they were just uh, they were doing a bit, um, which I did not remember at all. And again, I was like, oh, wow. I, like, I, I was a little confused that like Ron's just going to go like <laughs> sleep with Lydia <laughs> in the prep tent. Uh, but I really I genuinely thought that's what was happening until the, this reveal at the end. Um, and um, Ron realizes what he's done and he tries to chase after her. I guess we'll find out uh, next week if uh, he was successful or not. And we end with uh, Stiltskin uh, super pissed to discover that the person who bid against them and forced their bid up was a flat broke divorcee. And he calls Henry a fucking has-been and promises he'll never be working in this town again as long as he's around. And in our... Which Henry does not seem to be see, see as a threat. Yeah, he doesn't seem to really care. Um... We have Henry with Lydia and asks about the uh, broken arm, and we find out that she was practicing trust falls with escapade and was was only 14 and unable to hold her dead weights. And we finally end off with Kyle 
flipping a profit, selling the X-Men to some guy, I guess he met online or wherever, and uh, right in front of Roman makes the transaction, the very transaction that Roman had intended. And that's our show. Mm. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right, Av, you went first last time. We're sort of low. I came in after and was much higher. So maybe, I don't know if the same thing is going to happen here or not. But I will go first. It was fun to see the Stiltskins again. And, you know, Andrew Savage is always good. But the episode overall just seemed very tame to me. Tame is the word that kept coming to mind. So I'm going to say it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Only two and a half for me. All right. Yeah, I think we're going to have the same trend here because I was uh, very high in this episode. I liked it a, a great deal. Um, great. Just like great uh, guest stars across the board. Uh, really fun setting. Um, I like the whole like um, Casey's plan is really clever. I like the way like we kind of they, they really set that up nicely. And uh, wh- what's the complaint about Leonard Siltskin back? I mean, that guy is just uh, amazing on screen. So added a whole bunch of this episode. Really, really had a great time with it. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. All right. And then what about your come with guy? Um, yeah, I think I probably just gave it away. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with uh, JK Simmons. To, um, I, I'm pretty, you know, I think pretty much anytime he's in an episode, he's going to get it. So if he wants to come back a third time, I don't even remember if he does at this point. So, uh, I have a pretty good idea who'll be winning to come with guy for me that week. All right, I'm going to go with uh, come with gal Casey. She saves Annie LaGrosse's hide with the scheme to force Leonard to bid on the Tom Cruise thing. She gets the guy in the Appetite movie. Like, today is like all around wins for her. Everything is, is turning to gold yeah. in Casey Land. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's a good choice. Good, good one for my girl today. Um, the fucking asshole. Oh, what? I'm the asshole here? I am. I'm, I'm the asshole. I'm the asshole. Well, you want to go first here? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say Miss Doyle, just an absolutely repugnant woman, um, just disgusting, who wants to be around her. She's uh, Irma Kostrowski-esque, just wor- but worse, and she's a tremendous fucking asshole. I'm going to give it to Ron, just because I don't <laughs> understand what's going on. Like, the fake sex thing, why would that bother Henry? I don't even, like, it, it, it doesn't make sense at all. All it does is come back to, you know, bite Ron in the ass, obviously. Um, I guess I should say fuck around in the ass. Um, the, the fake sex thing, his motivation doesn't make any sense. Like we know that he's going to lose Mandy and probably his car. So the exact way it's done, but I don't know. I just, I, Ron, Ron's motivations here are very confusing to me. He wants the job. He doesn't want the job. He, he, he wants to be promoted. It's not, it's not clear what he's doing here. Yeah. I hear you. Would you stop with the Ted dance? <laughs> Who's he? He's somebody. What about me? You're nobody. Why him? Why not me? He's good. You're not. I'm better than him. You're worse. <laughs> much, much worse. The only cameo I guess we have in these two episodes is that we have Megan Mullally joining the, the permanent cast. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a bunch of other that guys that we talked about from Seinfeld and other shows, but, uh, yeah. uh, you know, no big celebs. So I guess yeah, I mean uh, Andrea we, Savage probably the next biggest, but yeah, yeah. she's not. Uh, she yeah, yeah. For, for most people she's that girl, I think. Yeah, even, uh, at even most. Yeah. Dance. yeah, so I think it's postman time. It is postman, postman, come here, here tell okay. the neighborhood right, what a shanda, Larry, uh, uh, Larry uh, David. Uh, uh, Larry, you're you a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair, a shanda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew. And we have, we start off with a, another new post matter. Um, a fellow named Benevin Stanciano, who 
who says, I'm a new fan and already a big fan of the podcast. I came across the podcast through Nathan for us. I was looking for a party down podcast just a few days before listening to the rehearsal finale. Wait, really? When you said, you'd be, when you said you'd be covering party down and I couldn't believe it. That, that, that is party down. Fortuitous. Yeah. Party down might be my favorite show. I'm also a big fan of Curb and Seinfeld and have already listened to many of your Curb podcasts. Oh, nice. However, I'm not in favor of this two episodes per podcast business. And oh. I really appreciate it. The last podcast was about only one episode. Even though the season one finale was not one of the better episodes, it was a great, pretty, pretty good episode because covering only one party down episode gives the podcast more room to breathe and allows for extended freewheeling discussion about fun topics like Hitler <laughs> that you may have cut short if you had another episode to get to. Yeah, that's I, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so, so really, it's not that you want more party down. You want less party down. More Hitler. More, more of Hitler, right. Yeah. You want more weeks of party down, but but less party down per week. So you're not a party down. Fan. Uh, I'm you're confused by the math, but I think, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like Jennifer Coolidge in her two episodes, but I think Megan Lilly is a better long-term replacement for Jane Lynch. A hopeful child star pairing adds a new dynamic rather than having yet another struggling actor. There's a lot to like about this episode, but not everything worked. Dennis was great as the bartender, but Roman fell flat as Jackal. That might be I, I do I do agree with it, but I do think it's a good wrinkle how we have Lydia as sort of the, the mom instead of as like the person for yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. It's just I a like different it. angle, but it's right. Like, it's a different right, it's a different yeah, it's a different personality. Yeah. It, yeah. it gives you more space to work with, probably. Yeah. Um uh that may be because Martin Starr and Jimmy Simpson look and sound absolutely nothing alike. I love yeah. Dennis's quips about being a regular guy and the overall concept of a Marilyn Manson type being subversive by spending a few hours as a caterer. We already know Roman was a loser who can't talk to girls, so there was nothing new there. Henry and Casey's scenes felt really felt realistic to me. Not that funny and took a lot of time in the episode, but necessary to reset their dynamic. New Ron is okay. Obviously, he failed, but his lady friend is just annoying. As usual, Kyle didn't have enough to do. Uh, I really have no recollection. So uh, do you recall at all like what happens with Henry and Casey in terms of do they get back together, etc.? Um, broadly, yes. Oh, because okay. I have no recollection, and I, I'm assuming they do, but I really don't remember anything. Okay, well, let's uh, let's leave it at that. If there's first time watchers, there's no need to spoil that just uh, for this just for spite. Um, he says, "I love the small moments on Party Down, and this episode, my favorite moment is when Henry fires Dennis." Lydia, Lydia says, and on his first day, <laughs> and Kelly rests her head on the stone face security guard. Um, Overall, three pretties. I consider this to be the worst episode of the season, but it's still great. Would be a five if this was ranked against episodes of The Mentalists. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, the come with guy has to be Dennis. Honorable mention to the security guard who explains to Roman that girls talking to another guy isn't a security issue and he has the brief interaction with Lydia. The fucking asshole is Mandy, though everything who claimed, everyone who claimed to be huge Jackal and NASA fans and didn't notice it was Roman is a fucking asshole. Yeah, so we're, uh, you're, I'm with you on that one for yeah. sure. Um, it, in protest of doing two episodes per podcast, I will not be giving rankings to even numbered episodes. Ooh, harsh, harsh. Um, all right. Well, we're uh, we're happy to have you in the postman uh, as much as you'd like. So um, we welcome that, of course. Onwards to Zachary Louie, who says, "What a thrill to be part of last week's all Zach mailbag." Um, unfortunately, it looks like it'll be a, only a one-time occurrence for now. Now we have, uh, um, you know, Ben Benavid in the picture. Um, we also, and we also have, uh, we have, we have, we have multiple non-Zacks this week. So, you know, get crazy folks. 
Um, the Jackal Onassis backstage party is a good but not fantastic opening episode. Jimmy Simpson is great as Jackal Dennis. I am utterly stunned that Ron's Soup and Crackers venture didn't work out and that his <laughs> life is a complete trade wreck. Who could have predicted that? Yeah. I ended up liking the Megan Mullally character more as the season goes on, but this isn't the funniest intro for the character. I also love seeing Danny Woodburn. Three pretties. Come with guy is Jackal Onassis. Fucking asshole is Ron. Precious Lights preschool auction is a solid episode. Great to have J.K. Simmons back and Andrew Savage is always excellent. Come with gal is Casey for helping the auction beat its goal by tipping off Annie that there is no Hanks. Fucking asshole is Ron. Yes, even in an episode with Leonard Stiltskin, Ron is the asshole. Three pretties. I think I've mentioned not liking British comedy, so I guess my suggestion of the IT crowd is probably not going to be a serious contender, but I'll throw it out there just in case. Honestly, I don't really watch a lot of TV, so I don't have a lot of input on what to do next. But I'll definitely be listening and supporting the podcast no matter what show is next. All right. Thank you, Zach Louie, for that. Which brings us to Jim Crumley, who says, First on Jack Onassis, this was another episode that was heavier on arc-based plot than usual, but it was still fun. They pilled the trick of making it clear that time had passed and that there had been changes due to the events of the previous season finale, but then by the end of the episode, undoing most of the changes. Yeah. Megan Mullally was the least annoying that I can remember her being, which worked for me for the character. Four out of five pretties come with Guy Henry. He stepped into the management role and was more effective than Ron ever was. Fucking asshole is Roman. He looked more like Alex, like Alice Cooper than Jack Onassis. Though through his ineptitude, he only ended up being halfway as creepy as he wanted, but that was enough. For Precious Light Preschool action, Auction, he says Kyle getting a part in Snow Crash was a perfect way to mess with Roman. Henry is definitely more Eddie Money. And finally, we turn to Zach Brooks, who says, whoa, didn't realize Jimmy Simpson was Jack Onassis. That was a fun surprise. This felt much more of a finished product than the season one episodes, and I'm glad Ron still gets shit on regularly. Was his girlfriend one of the girls from Superbad? She looked familiar. She sure was. And I love the name Jack Onassis as a semi-parody of Marilyn Manson. Come with guy is Dennis for taking the fall. The fucking asshole, the backstage manner for being a dick. And he gives the episode four parties. And finally, on the second episode, he says, this was fun to see J.K. Simmons return. The second half lost a bit of momentum, but I enjoyed it. Come with guy is Leonard because he wants to move Tom Hanks, despite his choice language. And the funky asshole is Mrs. Doyle, awarding this very early in the episode. She's awful. And he gives the episode three and a half. All right. Well, next week, hopefully we'll get a, a, at least three plus X and, and maybe some non X in, in the postman as well. Nick DeCintio's orgy night. I remember nothing. Oh, that about sounds it. fun. But yeah, <laughs> me neither. Sounds, sounds interesting. And then it sounds will, like it should be memorable. And then we will go um, from an orgy to a funeral. James Ellison funeral the next week. So really. Oh, so, uh, so next week's going to be quite a roller coaster of emotions. Yes. Uh, for, for the people at the events. Anyway, I, I suspect that our friends will get into similar hijinks in both. <laughs> right <laughs> true yes probably they will act in ways that are somehow inappropriate both for an orgy and a funeral yeah maybe that especially if they get confused and uh yeah. behave like an or like an orgy at a funeral and vice versa it's it's very like they're they're such sort of opposite i'm trying to think of like uh something that would be inappropriate to say at both events or, or better yeah, yet something I think of lots of things i'm trying to think of something that would be appropriate to say at both events hmm Thank you, everyone, for being here today. <laughs> okay, very helpful. Thank you for coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay, slightly better. Improvement. All right, well, we'll work on that for next week. And we, uh, we will have a fine night of orgies and funerals. And we'll all... Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Yes. 
Tak dá, bye bye. Good night.